Welcome back to your daily QE News Briefing. This is Daniel English. Israel's cabinet has given approval to a ceasefire deal with Hamas, signaling a temporary pause in the ongoing conflict that has endured for over six weeks. According to the terms of the agreement, Hamas is expected to release 50 of the approximately 240 hostages it holds in the Gaza Strip over a four-day period. The Israeli government has stated its intention to extend the ceasefire by an additional day for every 10 hostages released. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu announced that Israel would resume its offensive against Hamas once the ceasefire expires. However, specific details of the truce and its commencement date were not immediately clear. In anticipation of the vote, there were media reports suggesting that Israel would release around 150 Palestinian prisoners as part of the agreement. Nevertheless, the official Israeli statement did not mention any commitment to a prisoner release. The situation remains dynamic, and the complete terms of the ceasefire are yet to be disclosed, leaving certain aspects of the agreement unclear. As we all know, Hamas is a terrorist group as designated by Australia, Canada, the entire European Union, Israel, Japan, Paraguay, the United Kingdom, and the United States. After October 7th, Hamas's website Hamas.ps, .ps is the Palestinians' TLD, was taken down by Indian hackers. Recently, Hamas or Israel, we're still not sure, created a new website, Hamas.com, where they boast about how many Jews they killed with full photo evidence. Deniers of the October 7th attacks are in shambles. In a move that has heightened regional tensions, Yemen's Houthi rebels have released footage capturing the dramatic moment their gunmen commandeered the Galaxy Leader, an Israeli-linked cargo ship, in the crucial Red Sea shipping route. The video reveals Houthi gunmen descending onto the moving vessel from a helicopter, marking an alarming escalation in the conflict. The Iran-backed Houthi rebels claimed responsibility for the ship's hijacking on Sunday, citing its connection to Israel as the primary motive. The rebels declared their intention to target ships with links to Israel until the cessation of Israel's campaign against Hamas in Gaza. The footage showcases several gunmen rappelling onto the Galaxy Leader operated by NYK Line and affiliated with an Israeli billionaire, a vehicle carrier owned by Isle of Man-registered Galaxy Maritime Limited. The Houthi group has taken the ship's 25 crew members hostage, further exacerbating fears of a new maritime front in the ongoing regional tensions. The Houthi rebels explicitly declared that all ships associated with Israel or dealing with it will be considered legitimate targets, signaling a concerning expansion of the conflict beyond land borders. The rebels emphasize their commitment to using force, asserting that it is the only language Israel understands. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's office swiftly condemned the seizure, labeling it as an Iranian act of terror. While the ship's Japanese operator, NYK Line, clarified that the vessel had no cargo at the time of the hijacking, concerns arising over the safety and well-being 
of the multinational crew, which includes members from the Philippines, Bulgaria, Romania, Ukraine, and Mexico. The incident underscores the complexity of the regional geopolitical landscape, with the Red Sea serving as a critical trade route for global shipping and energy supplies. The international community is closely monitoring developments as maritime tensions between the Houthi rebels and Israel introduce a new dimension to the ongoing conflicts in the region. North Korea has declared a successful launch of a spy satellite, marking its third attempt this year and signaling the nation's determination to establish a space-based surveillance system amid heightened tensions with the United States. The claim not independently confirmed at the moment, is expected to draw strong condemnation from the U.S. and its allies. The United Nations prohibits North Korea from conducting satellite launches, citing concerns that they serve as covers for missile technology tests. The satellite, named Malagyong-1, was reportedly placed into orbit on Tuesday night, as stated by North Korea's space authorities. Leader Kim Jong-un observed the launch, and the official statement emphasized that the spy satellite would enhance North Korea's readiness in response to perceived hostile military moves by rivals. South Korea and Japan detected the launch, with Japan issuing a brief missile warning for Okinawa. While North Korea insists on the satellite's peaceful purpose, calling it a reconnaissance tool, Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida labelled it a clear violation of UN Security Council resolutions. The international community remains sceptical, considering the satellite launch as a potential cover for ballistic missile technology tests. North Korea's efforts to modernize its weapon systems and establish military reconnaissance capabilities have been evident in its recent actions. This launch follows Kim Jong-un's visit to Russia earlier this year, where speculation arose about a potential arms deal between the two nations. Although both North Korea and Russia denied allegations of an arms transfer deal, the international community remains concerned about their growing collaboration. The success of this spy satellite launch could signify an advancement in North Korea's intercontinental ballistic missile ICBM capabilities, raising further questions about its military intentions and strategies. The first footage of the 41 men trapped for over a week in a collapsed highway tunnel in the Indian Himalayas has surfaced, revealing them standing in the confined space and communicating with rescue workers. The men, stuck in a 4.5-kilometer tunnel in Uttarakhand state since November 12th, are reported to be safe with access to light, oxygen, food, water, and medicine. Authorities have not disclosed the cause of the tunnel collapse, but the region is prone to natural disasters. Efforts to rescue the men have faced challenges in drilling through debris in the mountainous terrain. Authorities expressed optimism, stating that a breakthrough in the rescue effort might be achieved within the next 30, 40 hours. Mahmoud Ahmed, Managing Director of the National Highways and Infrastructure Development Corporation, NHEDCL, said they are prepared for potential difficulties. A 30-second video provided by authorities showed the trapped men in good spirits, 
wearing helmets and construction worker jackets, standing in front of the camera in the well-lit tunnel. Rescue workers, using a medical endoscopy camera, pushed through a second pipeline drilled through the debris, instructed the men to confirm their identities. The trapped workers seemed fine, responding positively to inquiries about their well-being. Rescue operations, including horizontal drilling through a debris pile and five other plans, have resumed. Drilling had been briefly suspended due to machine issues and concerns about additional collapses. The trapped men, mostly low-wage workers from poor states in India, are being supported mentally by a psychiatrist on site, and efforts to keep them occupied and in good spirits are ongoing. Relatives of the trapped workers anxiously await updates on the rescue progress. In a watershed moment for Italy's legal system, the conclusion of the country's most extensive mafia trial in three decades has seen more than 200 members of a notorious crime gang sentenced to a cumulative 2,200 years in prison. This monumental legal battle, spanning nearly three years, unfolded within the confines of a purpose-built bunker in La Mesia term, underscoring the gravity of the charges and the relentless pursuit of justice against the backdrop of the powerful Andrangheta crime syndicate. Commencing in January 2021, the trial involved 338 accused individuals, a monumental undertaking that required the representation of over 400 lawyers and the testimony of around 900 witnesses. The carefully constructed legal proceedings, orchestrated in a secure environment due to safety concerns, tackled an array of charges, including mafia association, extortion, bribery, and complicity in five murders. A panel of three judges, who had been meticulously evaluating the evidence and arguments since the trial's conclusion on October 16th, recently delivered their historic verdict. In a swift hour and 40 minutes, the court handed down sentences to 207 convicted mobsters, including five life sentences and three 30-year terms. The complexity of the trial is further highlighted by the fact that more than 100 defendants were acquitted, reflecting the exhaustive scrutiny applied to each case. Notably, 42 women stood among the accused, setting a record for the number of women involved in a mafia trial. 39 of them received convictions, adding a distinctive dimension to the proceedings. The accused, many of whom were identified by colourful nicknames like The Wolf, Fatso, Sweetie and Lamb Thigh, had their unique monikers captured in approximately 24,000 wiretaps presented as crucial evidence during the trial. Prominent figures within the convicted ranks included former Forza Italia lawmaker Giancarlo Pitelli, ex-police chief Giorgio Nacelli, former financial police officer Michele Marinaro, ex-mayor Gianluca Calipo, and former regional councillors Luigi Incarnato and Pietro Giamborino. Their involvement in the Ndrangheta crime group, considered the most powerful mafia in Italy, underscores the far-reaching impact of organised crime on political and law enforcement structures. Thank you for your time. Enjoy the rest of your day.